is Markland Media. Hit it! Welcome to Gunshots Straight from the Hip. I'm your host, Mark Gunn. The views expressed on this program are those of the host and guests and not necessarily reflective of anyone or any entity associated with this broadcast. This episode is brought to you by the Centers for Disease Control. The best way to protect yourself from 2019 novel coronavirus is to avoid being exposed to the virus. Additionally, there are preventative actions that you can take to protect yourself and your family from the spread of respiratory viruses that can make you sick. These include stay home if you're sick, cover your cough, and wash your hands. For more information, visit coronavirus.gov. That's coronavirus.gov. This episode, you're going to be hearing an interview I did earlier today with radio station WLOU here in Louisville regarding the Black Men's Black Lives Matter march that took place earlier today. We'll also talk about some possible solutions for police reform. Welcome back to Community Connections. I'm Amira Palacios, and I have my co-host. Bruce Ray. You know, Community Connections is all about bringing fresh voices to the table. And when I think about what has happened in the city just in the last week, it's all about people having a voice and having that voice be heard. How has everyone just been processing what's been happening? It's just so heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been very heavy. And, uh, I've been processing very well. I've been watching it and uh, been staying on track with it, and uh, it's a positive thing, you know. And besides the looting and all that, man, it, it, the peaceful part of it is very interesting. It's very positive. I think the the big lesson and takeaway for me is look at this new generation of leadership that we yeah. have in our city right yeah. now. Generation Z is showing us how it's done. They're getting things done. And what's been really interesting is seeing how they've kind of sidestepped the gatekeepers in our community. And they've said, no, I've got it. We don't need you. We got this now. And I'm just wondering, you know, what does that mean for city leadership and those gatekeepers? What, What can we do for old school and new school to come together right now? What do you think, Bruce? Well... Old school got a lot of stepping up to do because the new school is teaching us how it's really done. See, you know, what we did back in the day and back in the 60s, it's not going to work today. You know, it, it takes more, it takes a little bit more energy. And our young people, you know, they're amazing. You know, they, 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 they're amazing. I mean, what word can you use? You know? If you grew up in Louisville, you watched certain things happen in our community. Right. And you watched things not get resolved. Right. You know, things back then that have been going on for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Now, this is a generation that has drawn the line in the sand and has basically saying, not on our watch. We don't care what you did with our parents and grandparents' yeah. generation. Yeah. We're not putting up with this anymore. It's a very powerful powerful thing that they're doing and it's just taken it's taken me aback because it's there is something about the Brianna Taylor story and what has happened the David McAtee story the George Floyd story that is just all hitting a little different Mm -hmm. this time 
Yeah. It's been happening in our community for a while, but all of this just hits a bit different. Um, so I'm going to introduce Mark Gunn. You know, I know him as, uh, he's my living legend. He's my OG. <laughs> he, 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 he doesn't like to say it. But I've watched it. I've, I grew up listening to him. Right. Uh, he's a broadcasting legend, but he was there at the protest today. And Mark, what did you think about what you saw? I mean, how are you processing what you saw today with today's protest? Um, you know, as I've been telling people, I've been kind of watching everything from the skybox. So I get a, a global view of what's going on. What I saw today was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the fact that you had so many black men of varying generations all converging on one space and you had a multitude of black women there in support because originally the march that was planned for today was supposed to be a men's only march but our sisters weren't having it they wanted to be there to show their support and they did just that they uh, provided us with water and juices and fruit and you know just basically uh, moral and spiritual support as they stood on the sidelines while we walked and it was a beautiful thing to see there was one moment before the march came that was really, uh, really touching. There was a group of about six or seven uh, black police officers that came walking up and um, they were accepted with a lot of love. And one of the officers said, hey, you know, we came to march too. We black men too. Don't get it twisted. So, you know, People forget that. Yeah, we, we do tend to forget that they were black before the blue. So yeah. it was good to see them there. And I think to your point earlier, uh, the way that Generation Z is processing this, um, basically they've got access to a lot more information than we did back in the day. So that's why city leaders are kind of out of the loop. Uh, The traditional black leadership is out of the loop. One of the questions that I've been hearing quite often was, uh, well, where's Reverend so-and-so? Where's the black church? And blah, 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 blah. And even though there are represent you know there's there's black clergy being represented they're not at the forefront because frankly they're not needed it's like you said the younger folks have this and i think part of this is that they also recognize that that this goes a whole lot deeper than just the symbolism of us marching and being out on the streets they're using these marches as a means of applying pressure um globally globally when you see uh, international sensations like Beyonce, Solange, Oprah, you know, yesterday mm-hmm. would have been Brianna Taylor's 27th, 27th birthday. Yeah. Birthday. You saw people from all over the world saying her name. And that's yeah. because young people here made it a, a moment for the mm-hmm. whole world to witness. And we're so connected globally because of the Internet. So... This march, it was actually mobilized Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And if you were there and you saw the hundreds of people that were there, uh, including the media that were there, um, that is the strength of the Internet. So uh, while people are being held accountable uh, through these marches, uh, younger people recognize that, you know, OK, we can't just be out here embracing the symbolism there has to be an end game to all of this and i'm hearing discussions and in fact i'm involved in several discussions uh regarding policy solutions and one of the things that i'm so heartened to hear is that the ideas that that uh, that we're talking about here are the same ideas that are being expressed in minnesota 
in Georgia and in cities all over the country. So everybody, whether they know it or not, is on the same page when it comes to solutions. Are we seeing the beginnings of a unified black agenda for the first time in a long time? Um, yes and no. Yes, because the immediacy of Brianna's murder and the fact that we've got action in these two other cases and nothing has been done here yet. Um, we're seeing unity in that we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Everybody gets that. But the real nuts and bolts are going to come once the marches die down. And once people talking about, you know, once we start talking about, and hopefully these conversations are already starting to happen, okay, so what's next? There are pockets of folks that have an agenda, but it's a matter of bringing that agenda to the masses and getting everybody on the same page. Uh, so far, and again, with me working from the skybox and being able to hear different things from, from different places, Again, everybody is pretty much in lockstep as far as these particular items, but can we get the rest of the black community to buy in? That, when that happens, then I will be convinced, okay. You know, Louisville has the tendency, just in that, that point, that pinnacle, that's where it starts to fall apart. Mm -hmm. Look what happened with when Walmart wanted to come to town. There are individuals with that agenda, and if they weren't going to get the credit or get paid out of it, they decided to shoot it down. Right. So, will this is our moment? You know, if you're willing to be counted and bring your ideas and your power and your social capital to make this actually a reality, mm -hmm. without having to get all the credit, I think some good things can happen. But if Google tends to shift back into its habits of certain individuals, if they don't get the credit and they don't get the check that comes with it, right. What happens as the power shifts with all this? And I'm thinking that for right now, that's not even coming to play because the usual suspects you're not hearing from. And that's either because, A, they've realized that, you know what, I better keep my mouth shut here. There's really no positive way for me to individually get a win without me looking suspect. And B, you've got a younger generation of folks that are saying, um, that's all right, dog, we got this. We've done this your way for the past 40, 50 years, and we're still in the same place. It's time for a new way of doing things. Go ahead, sit down, relax. We got this. So what I would like to see overall would be the elders, you know, folks like me, not necessarily taking leadership roles, uh, but being advisors more than anything else. Because I think if, if this is going to be solved, it's going to be the young people that do it. Uh, whether it be um, transracially with the agenda being set by Black Louisville and being supported by White Louisville and every other person of color, those individual relationships everybody has to work out. You're already seeing that on social media. You, you see um, people revealing themselves, people who you thought were friends of yours, their true colors are starting to come out. Yeah. And so you're having to cut folks loose. And that's fine. Sometimes you got to purge, man. Sometimes you got to purge. But um, I, I, 
I am cautiously optimistic. Let's put it that way. Um, You've been I'm, around long enough. Yeah, to see. yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. You know, and I'm old enough to remember what we did back in the '60s. I was a child back in the '60s, mm-hmm. so I remember a lot of that. And I just don't want us to fall into the same model that, for all intents and purposes, really didn't work back then. Yeah. Uh, but there is something different about what's happening right now. There, there is something different. This is what day eight, day nine. Of they've this, held. They've held their their ground. Yeah. For a full week and then some. Yeah, it's it's been over a week, and the energy hasn't died down. Uh, the passion hasn't died down, and I'm getting a sense that. Um, you know, people, again, are realizing that this is more than just about being seen and more than just about the symbolism. They're actually using the marches in the way that they're supposed to be used as a pressure point. Mm-hmm. One final so, question. So we have a mayor that has said time and time again this week that he is unable to fire the police officers. Mm-hmm. I saw some things on social media where a bunch of labor lawyers looked at the contract and said, actually... You can. That's not the case. Right. And you could have fired them from jump. Where do we go from here? Part of the problem is that the mayor is still in negotiations for the, with the police contract. Which expired back in which 2018. Which expired back in 2018. And quite frankly, the FOP, not only here in Louisville, but in several jurisdictions across the country, just has too much power. Yeah. So the first thing that we need to do... And this is one of the things that I'm working on, contract or no contract, nothing moves without a federal consent decree, mm. bar none. Yeah, I agree. Nothing moves without a consent decree. Second, what is that for people who okay, don't know what So it is. basically it's federal oversight to where the police department doesn't do anything without prior approval from the federal government. Cincinnati is under a federal de- consent decree. Uh, there are police departments. Los Angeles was under one for a, for a while. Um, several cities, several jurisdictions across the country as a result of their misconduct are under federal consent decrees. Um, second thing that needs to happen, and this is a conversation that's already happening nationally, is that there needs to be a nationwide database for bad officers. Once you screw up in Louisville, there shouldn't be any way that you get hired on any other police department anywhere else in the country. Some type of federal registry. It's a federal registry, yes. I mean, because. They do it for sex offenders. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They do it for sex offenders. They do it for international crime. Why not for bad police officers? Aren't they just as criminal? Yeah. So that's the second thing that needs to happen. And the third thing that needs to happen is training needs to be standardized. It needs to be standardized on a federal level. There needs to be psych evaluations for every police officer on every force across the country. There needs to be a higher standard for hiring. In Canada, you have to almost have a master's degree in order to become a police officer. Why is it harder, or why is it harder to become a barber than it is to become a police officer? So all you need is a high school diploma. It's like the standards are too low. We're hiring too many knuckleheads. So, you know, so there needs to be a minimum requirement there needs to be a major in criminology, whether it's a bachelor's or a master's or whatever. There also needs to be a minor in psychology. 
So college education has to be a component of police reform. And then one of the other things that I heard, and this is a great idea because I think we do have the resources here in Louisville to do it, a lot of the calls they get sent out on are either domestic violence calls or there's some sort of mental incapacity thing going on. So instead of sending a police officer who is not equipped to handle these types of things, you send a social worker or a mental health specialist. And maybe you send a police officer if the situation can be perceived as as threatening. The police officer is there as backup. He or she does nothing unless needed. So we take them out of these situations to where they don't belong. And they go back to instead of being this armed, occupied force with this warrior mentality, they go back to being guardians of the community instead of overseers or slave catchers of the community. So there, I mean, and police reform is just the very tip of the iceberg that needs to happen. So there's so many different solutions when it comes to resolving a lot of the problems that we have Mm -hmm. in our community. So I really appreciate how you've just been giving us the recap of what you saw at the protest today. There's been a, a lot of people trying to frame these protests as, Violent, Mm-mm. or that there are certain individuals that are out there. But right. you saw it was mostly peaceful. No, 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 not mostly peaceful. Totally peaceful. Let's let's get that totally peaceful. There was a large gathering of black men, different generations, who walked arm in arm with police officers, supported by the women in this community, and people that were actually driving showed their support. Not one incident, nobody cut up. So it's like I've been saying, it's not us that are causing the damage. It's these people that are imported by either government entities, COINTELPRO, look it up. The hired actors. The hired bad actors. Um, And we didn't see that today. Wonder why. Hmm. Could it be because there was a, a group of strong black men that just would not put up with any of that? Sounds logical to me. So, yeah, totally peaceful protest. And uh, hopefully uh, the media entities that were there today will actually present it in that framework. If they don't, I'm telling you. We had absolutely zero problems in this afternoon's protest. It's so important that we have WLU and and Black-owned media right now Mm -hmm. in order to frame what's happening in our communities in an accurate light. There's been some some spinning that's been going on. Mm -hmm. We had our own LMPD. They were playing videos of people, you know, uh, looting, and they were all Black. And we know that there were several (laughs) white counterparts out there doing the exact same thing. But they chose to show only our community right. that's there. So uh, as, a, as a kind of an ending thought to all this, mm-hmm. what do you think about kind of how local media has framed this conversation with the protests? And how do, how do you see, you know, how do you see things going, you know, a week from now, next week? Local media, for the most part, has been very careful to frame this in the right way, with the exception of maybe one reporter who uh, 
basically engaged in the some of the worst yellow journalism that I'd ever seen in my 40 plus years in media uh, when she tried to do a hatchet job on Breonna Taylor. Um, they've been very careful about how this is being framed because they know people are watching. Yeah. And, you know, there are people like me that still have relationships with quite a few people at these TV stations that are a phone call away that... You know, I'm one of these that if I see something I don't like, I'm calling the station manager right then and there. And then one other thing that, that I would remind people, and, and I remind some folks of this uh, several weeks ago, um, with these TV stations and the way that we are covered in these stories, keep in mind that every TV and radio station has what they call a public file that has to be maintained by the FCC. If you see something you do not like, do a written communique to that TV station or the radio station. They have to keep these emails and it letters on file. file. It goes into the file because those letters are inspected whenever those stations license come up for renewal. So you've got more power in the way that coverage goes down than you actually realize. So you need to keep that in the back of your mind. So uh, like I said, they've been very careful. Um, where do I see this in a week from now? It depends on I think what happens with this um, citizens review board that's been put into place that they just announced um, I'm skeptical despite the caliber of people that are on this review board and some people that I know very well um, if that review board does not have subpoena power then you know, it's it's just more dog and pony show out of the out of the administration. If I do, it, I, I I will predict this: if we do not see any movement toward an arrest or further investigation of those officers that served that no knock warrant that killed Brianna, this peaceful protesting that we're seeing right now. I think there's going to be an undercurrent of not necessarily violence, but more and more people are going to be called into account. I think Mayor Fisher is going to have a lot more pressure on him than he really wants to deal with. Perfect example, my daughter, uh, in a video that went viral last week, she was protesting in the Highlands and got hit with a rubber bullet. Wow. wow. She confronted the mayor on a street corner. And let I saw him, that video. Let him and he walked have it. away. And he walked away. With his PR person With right his there. PR person right there. Walked away. Bad move. We've been there all day yesterday. We stood there for four hours. People were, they already had militarized police outside of the Yum Center before. We weren't even doing anything. We were sitting down half the time. It's unfortunate. It is very, very, very unfortunate. And I am posting an entire anecdotal story about my entire experience yesterday because it's it's, it's really unfair. It's very unfair. You still have officers that are walking around that killed someone in their sleep. An innocent person. And they're still free. Anybody that wants to talk to me can get my information because you're out there for five hours. I voted for you for the two that Bullshit. And the thing is, he knows her personally. The mayor knows my family personally. And I haven't reached out to him on a personal level because she is fighting her battle the way she wants to fight it. And I get that. And 
she is a warrior that whew, that makes me look tame. So <laughs> Jessica's doing her thing, and I'm gonna let her handle it the way she needs to handle it. But I'm telling you, if we do not see any movement toward the investigation on Brianna's murder. We need to bring more pressure to bear on Greg Fisher. Some folks are already calling for his resignation. I uh, got a feeling those calls will get One a little bit louder. people say canceled. Canceled. I've been hearing that yes. a lot. Yeah. Yes. So that's, I think, there's there's a lot that's on, on the line with this. Mm -hmm. And this generation, as they have demonstrated, literally, they're just not going to have anything other than justice. Right. Uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit. I believe we have someone from the Census Bureau who's, who's called in. I want to make sure that we still put the focus on our economy is starting mm -hmm. to slowly reopen and restore itself. And so with that, folks are starting to hire again. Um, we have Akil uh, Setaweo from the U.S. Census Bureau, their National Processing Center in Jeffersonville. Um, Akil Tell us about uh, the current opportunities that are available. So, there is a lead clerk position. Mm -hmm. It's sixteen seventy nine an hour. That's a good job. That is a good job. <laughs> <laughs> you go to uh, USA.gov, um, USAjobs.gov. Uh, this is uh, they're hiring right now. You mm -hmm. have to apply by Tuesday. Um, so, if you're listening to this yeah. and you're underemployed, or maybe you're looking to do something different, this is a federal job with benefits, wow. lead clerk position, sixteen seventy nine an hour. Um, a lot of these jobs that show up um, at the National Processing Center in Jeffersonville, right across the bridge, right. you have to keep checking the site. Yep. They're up one week and then and they down, and then they're same down. Day. Yeah. Same day. Same day. Yeah, yeah, they go pretty fast. So if you know of anyone who is looking for a job, maybe they're underemployed, looking to do something new, Census Bureau is hiring. Let them know where it's located. Uh, USAjobs.gov. You can go online and apply. Right. Right. National Processing Center in Jeffersonville, Indiana. That's where the job is. So a very, very short track. Um, getting back to what we were talking about, um, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, uh, I was in a meeting the other day with, mm -hmm. uh, he's a retired cop now, his name is Sir Friendly Steve. He's kind of been yes. in these conversations. Yes. Growing up for me, and I turned 37 next month, he's kind of been my first impression or perception of what good cops are. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really hard to see that impression, what I see is kind of being my community cop, mm -hmm. and really kind of contrasting that with what's been happening in our community, you know, over the past, you know, 15 years. How do you all reconcile both of those worlds? One of the things that I would never want to be, and I can't fathom it, is a black police officer. Hmm. You know, because you, you, I would imagine that you are torn to a degree. You go into the business because you do have a desire to make your community better. You go into the academy, you come out, you're gung-ho, you're, you know, you're idealistic, you're wanting to do the right thing, and in a lot of cases, you still do the right thing. I, I've got friends on the force that have been there. Some have even come out of retirement uh, because they love what they do, and they have great relationships with people in the community. But the juxtaposition to that is when you take off that uniform, and how many of these stories have you seen you could be a black cop out of uniform and get hassled by white cops. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I lived there, man, because 
police is in my family. Yeah. I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. That's true. So, you know, how do you how do you reconcile that? And again, I go back to the what I see as the corruption of the police union. Um, but we still need people from our community to yes. become cops. Become cops. Yes. But even in the midst of this, LMPD is, is trying to recruit their next class of of cops mm-hmm. from our community. And so, as a as a parting thought, because we've run out of time, right. what would you say, you know, to folks in our community? Maybe they have had an interest in law enforcement. They've seen all this uproar. Mm-hmm. Should that discourage them from, you know, seeking a career in law enforcement or? Do we need folks like that now more than ever to join and be part of the change that we want to see at the LMP? I'm, I'm kind of torn because I, I tend to go a little deeper. In order for more of us to join the police department, it has to be safer for us to join the police department. So until, and it's, it's damned if you do and damned if you don't, until we can put a leash on the FOP, and they don't have the power that they have, and they can be driven again through a consent decree to start weeding out the bad cops and the racist cops among them. I mean, the fact that that you've got departments all over the country that have ignored this decade-old study from the FBI talking about how racists infiltrate their police departments. And yes, there are beautiful, wonderful officers of all stripes that are out there. But, and as much as we do need to see more of us in our communities, I frankly worry about how safe it is for us to join the police department right now. We're going to end it there. Um, You've been listening to Community Connections. I want to thank Mark Gunn for being um, on the show with us today. Um, As always, the mic is on you. You've been listening to Gunshots Straight from the Hip. The views expressed are those of the host and guests and not reflective of any business entity or anyone associated with this broadcast. If you have any comments or want more information on how to be a sponsor, log on to our website at markgunmedia.com or call us at 502-407-0283. That's 502-407-0283. Thank you for listening. Mark Gun Media. No hype, no hoopla. Just damn good work.